Hey everyone, it's Fina007 back for another 10-minute movie review, and this week I'm going to be talking about two films. The first is My Name is Alfred Hitchcock, and the second is The Beanie Bubble. My Name is Alfred Hitchcock is the latest documentary by the cineast Mark Cousins, who I really admire. He closely observes film and comes up with these documentary essays that are just so insightful and so unique in how they take a close-up view of some of the greatest films ever made and tease out themes that tell us not just about the filmmakers, but about the times in which those films were made. He has such an eye for detail and such deep knowledge of the filmmakers that he never fails to give me more information, new angles and provocative takes on the films that I love. In this film, he is telling us all about Alfred Hitchcock, one of the masters of suspense, of thrills, of horror. And he takes us through how the films were constructed, the lighting, the mise-en-scene, the framing, the direction, the use of music, to show how Hitchcock has that visceral impact on us as an audience. He does this by choosing six themes and then taking us through Hitchcock's catalogue and showing how they were consistent and developed through his career. And those themes are escape, desire, loneliness, time, fulfillment, perhaps most unusually, height. And he uses clips from Hitchcock's early British black and white films, many of which will be less familiar perhaps to viewers, to the big budget American films that he made later on. I found this to be really fascinating. For me, this is absolutely a five-star film, except, except I have to knock at a point Because rather than just have Cousins narrate his own documentary and give his insights in his own voice, which is what he does in his epic story of cinema, he has chosen here to deliver his insights from the imagined point of view of Hitchcock himself, as voiced by the very talented impersonator Alistair McGowan. And my issue is not with Alistair McGowan's impression. I think he does a perfectly good um, Alfred Hitchcock impression. It's just that I found it really distracting because Alfred Hitchcock has a very particular voice. And also because there's something incredibly presumptuous about putting yourself or putting Alfred Hitchcock in your mind and speaking through them. I would far rather Cousins had shed this pretense and just talked about Hitchcock in his own words. I kind of feel like, because this is the second time Cousins has done this, he did this with his film on Orson Welles too, and I kind of just want to, you know, give him a hug and say, you know, if your first-rate film criticism is enough, it doesn't need any bells and whistles or imaginative leaps. Nonetheless, the content of this film is an absolute must-watch for anyone who's interested in film, and I would highly, highly recommend it. You can watch it on limited release in cinemas. It's also available in the UK on the Curzon Home streaming service. My name is Alfred Hitchcock, has a running time of 120 minutes and is highly recommended. Okay, so the second film of the day is The Beanie Bubble, which was released um, on Friday on Apple TV. So you're only going to be able to watch it if you have, I suspect, one of the lesser subscribed streaming services. But often if you have a new Apple product, they throw in six months free. 
This film is about something that you may remember if you were around in the 1990s. And it was this period when, for a brief moment, adult humans thought that buying and flipping children's soft toys would make them millionaires. And it was all down to a combination of three factors. The first, that the, the toy maker, Ty Warner, decided not to sell his beanie babies, his little soft toys, en masse through big retailers like Toys R Us. But he only sold them to mum and pup stores. And he created hype through word of mouth rather than big marketing budgets. So at the start, you had the sort of, hey, we're in the super cool club where we get it. And we know that these toys are going to be very collectible. And second, the genius decision was that he was going to retire individual models, creating artificial scarcity. So there was the hype that if I don't get this particular beanie baby right now, it's going to sell out within a month. And then finally, and I think most importantly, he was selling these beanie babies just at the time when internet access was taking off and when the auction site eBay was invented. So this allowed frenzy to build in the secondhand market. And suddenly these exclusive Beanie Babies were selling for multiples of their primary market value online. And at the peak of this craze, and I do vaguely remember this, people were like jumping delivery trucks trying to get their hands on Beanie Babies. And I really remember there was a tie-in with McDonald's where they were giving away mini Beanie Babies, which were very cute with their Happy Meals. And people were like queuing around the block to get them. But there were also kind of fights and aggression breaking out because you wanted to get all of the collectibles. Um, All of this seems like absolute marketing genius. And when you look at Ty Warner today, this is a real guy and he is a multiple billionaire. He owns uh, many luxury hotels around the world. I did some Googling and it's he's he's retained his wealth. But the movie Um, as created and directed by Kristen Gore, who's a late night script writer and composer, Damien Kulash. So this is their directorial debut. The central thesis of the film is that, you know, Ty Warner was great at creating children's toys and designing them, but his success actually was the result of three incredibly smart women that he surrounded himself with at different stages of his career. So the first is Robbie, who co-founded the company with him. Unfortunately, The company was founded by money from Ty Warner's family, so she didn't actually have an ownership stake, which was obviously a big mistake. She is a really charismatic and shrewd saleswoman. She helps Ty make major sales of Beanie Babies at trade shows, and she sets up all the foreign distribution because this was truly a global phenomenon. Um, And she's played by Elizabeth Banks, who I always find to be really charismatic and a lot of fun, but with this core of steel. And I think she's just perfectly cast in this role. The second woman is Sheila, who's played by Succession Sarah Snook in a very different kind of a role. Um, When she meets Ty, she's an independent single mother and she's got two smart young girls. And she does genuinely fall in love with him, but she's really resistant to marrying again because she just has been so burned by men that she's lent on before. And her contribution to the Beanie Baby story is that her kids inspire a lot of the designs. They give really great feedback. They're almost like in-house beta testers. And they also soften Ty's image in the press because he's seen as a family man with these two cute kids, even though they're not actually his own. And then finally, and arguably most crucially, we have the young college student Maya, who is played by Geraldine Viswanathan. And she starts off at 17, just temping at the company, manning the phone lines, but masterminds its e-commerce strategy way before any other company even had a website or knew what an e-commerce strategy was. 
So I would argue that she was almost the most influential. She was also the woman who in real life, this isn't her real name, but in real life, there was a South Asian woman who wrote all the poems that went on the Beanie Baby tags. She set up the um, e-commerce website. She also was the one who really understood the power of eBay and the secondary market. The idea that not only was this generating hype for the actual primary sales of the toys that were benefiting the company, but that you could use which which Beanie Babies were popular and what they were selling for as marketing information. So really an incredibly pioneering woman. So together we have these three women who are powering Ty to success. But the more success he gets, the more selfish he becomes, the more narcissistic, the more greedy, insecure. And as a result... The story, as I said, of the film is pitched not as his story, because he's a very unlikable character, but really is the story of the women who he used, but who have the sense to get out and to leave him. I have to say, I started watching this film not really knowing what to expect and not expecting much, um, which maybe is testament to my experience with Apple TV original films. I don't think it's a work of art, but I think it is really well cast and it's cleverly constructed. I love the fact that the three timelines with these three women are told separately but simultaneously and at the end or near the end when you get the payoff of them interacting and their timelines crossing over I found that really satisfying as well as the really good casting of the three female characters I think Zach Galifianakis really reigns it in as Ty he's not as big and broad as he is in the Hangover films I'm not sure he could ever be that big and broad he makes his character suitably sinister And yes, he's larger than life because he is, in some respects, an evil villain, but he does give some depth to the character. Like you understand why he is what he is, even if you don't approve of it. But I have to say it's Viswanathan who absolutely knocks it out of the park as Maya. I think this is a real star making turn or it would be if anyone watched films on Apple TV. My only real problem with the film is that as much as the screenwriter and directors want this to be a feminist parable, I still do think it's Ty who had the last laugh because ultimately he is the one who in real life is the billionaire and it's all us Muppets who bought these beanie babies and tried to flip them and got stuck with a stock and all the people who put into his company but never had ownership who who got used. So a modern day parable, as the film is keen to point out at the end, this is not the first uh, financial bubble and it certainly won't be the last and really worth a watch, I think. So the Beanie Bubble is rated R. It has a running time of 111 minutes. But whatever you're watching this weekend, I hope you have fun doing so. You can find lots more reviews at beena007.com. And I'll be back in the next episode with a review of the big Bollywood release this weekend from Karan Johar, which is Rocky Orani Kiprem Kahani, the love story of Rocky Orani. All-star cast, big romantic family dramedy. And I'm really looking forward to it. So I'll be back with a review of that very soon. Thanks for listening.